Welcome to the GCR, a Massey podcast where people and ideas intersect. I'm Omnia Libieri, a grad student at the Faculty of Dentistry at the University of Toronto. And I'm Sarah Maksud, a law student at the University of Toronto. Today, Omnia, I, I thought it would be really great if we could talk about what it really means to be not only Muslim, but visible Muslim, especially in the spaces that we're in. So mm-hmm. you're in dentistry, I'm in law school, but we're also away from home. We're also at Massey College. We There's a lot of these very sophisticated, some of these very privileged spaces that we're in. And I, I thought that you'd be able to share your experience of what it means to be a visible Muslim in these spaces. So we can start off by, um, uh, by where do you come from, your heritage, and why did you come to U of T at all? Um, so I originally come from Egypt, very, very small town. And people there like barely speak like minimal English or their English is not great like opportunities are very minimal your career path is basically set for you when you are born like women Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. they get educated and everything but they get educated for the purpose of lending like good marriages and that's basically um, the trajectory of life in in from where I come from but um, I just when I was growing up I had a very strong mother and she was she was a she was a professor and she would travel the world but it just inspired me so much the exposures that she provided me allowed me to see that there was so much outside of that bubble that I was living in mm-hmm. and that there's so much that I can achieve beyond what is expected of me mm-hmm. and so I I remember like it was just a very Uh, she took me with her one time to a conference in the UK and like I was very inspired by the science and the intellect and how people were living it was my the first time seeing something like that Mm -hmm. and I just I remember seeing a visibly Muslim woman presenting giving a presentation this was the changing point of my life like I saw this woman and she she looked like me but she wasn't like me do you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like she looked Muslim but she was giving this presentation and I remember very clearly like after she was done Mm. her presentation everyone wanted to talk to her Mm. and it was just a place that I never ever thought I would see Mm -hmm. myself in Mm -hmm. from where I was growing up and I think that moment really changed my life because Mm. after that moment I came back and I was like I want to see myself in the future in that place I can do something different ever since I've been working 10 times harder to to get an opportunity Mm -hmm. and thank God I landed a great opportunity at U of T how about you Sarah like can you give us a little background about you and like I'll I'll give my background in a minute but one of the things that because you were talking in this vein to begin with and we often talk about this how that one experience of yours because you mention it often and so I know how moving it was overall for you but how that's guided you now even into dentistry and Mm -hmm. how you see visible Muslims not only people wearing hijab but visible Muslims in different ways being represented within dentistry and beyond how is that how is that indicating how you're moving forward within a UFT and and these spaces. I feel like this experience has really allowed me to really understand how important representation is. You have no idea how transformative 
how it can change the lives of a hundred other people. Yeah. And so five years forward, I was in the same position. I was giving a, a, a talking in a conference and I was just like thinking of how ironic it was that the thing that happened to someone else five years ago, just because I saw her, it moved me to be in the sa her same position five years later. No. no, I really like the topic of um, representation, but I'll begin a little bit about my own heritage. Yeah. And so I come from, I was born in Kashmir. Um, and Kashmir, uh, from, so Kashmir is occupied in India and Pakistan, but I'm from the Pakistan occupied Kashmir. Mm -hmm. But when I was about seven to eight years old, I came to Canada. Mm -hmm. And I've been in Canada uh, for a few years after that, a little bit back and forth between Pakistan, Kashmir, and Calgary. And then I went to England for six years. Um, I did my Islamic studies all of that Islamic jurisprudence mm -hmm. um, but when I came back I just knew that this is a space that I thrive in and I want to go into law school mm -hmm. and so I came back um, I remember I had only done uh, grade 8 when mm -hmm. I had left from my Islamic studies but I think it was my determination of making sure I get into law school as soon as possible um, so I skipped grade 9 10 11 12 I challenged the exams I got into university and now I'm here at law school and even coming to UFT has been a journey in itself where mm -hmm. I never predicted to be here but because I've had very um, important mentors in my life mm -hmm. that have guided me to come here and I'm so grateful for that but on the topic of representation because you were mentioning that and I wanted to touch on that a little bit was um, I remember when I first came so I was about seven to eight years old we we had not lived like in the cities at all in the village still very sophisticated spaces but spaces where our values and our tenets were very very important to us mm -hmm. and we held on to them strong so I remember when I came to Canada, I um, my my mom she would not let me wear Western attire. She wanted me to wear shalwar kameez because it's such a huge culture shock, mm -hmm. and it was less hold on. Very like we need to be steadfast in holding on to our values. But I was 78 years old and I did not care about that. I wanted to fit in. I, I wanted to not be bullied at school. I wanted everyone to treat me the same. But I remember my mom, she loved it. She loved getting those uh, Pakistani clothes out, um, putting them on me. And she would send me to school. And I remember I used to get bullied so much. And now it's funny, now I, I laugh back at it. But it was a very rough experience and I remember. So I used to wear shalwar kameez every day to school and they had cultural day one day mm -hmm. where they wanted to celebrate everyone's culture. And um, the, the staff that held that, I guess, event, what they did was they said, and we really want to honor this one student. And so they hadn't informed me, but they said, and we really want to honor this one student that thrives on like and celebrates um, showing showcasing her culture and they just announced Sara Maksud can you come to the stage and this is me as somebody who's already bullied so much because of my culture being in this limelight so the perspective was very valid I know where they were coming from in hindsight but I remember then as soon as they were done I just rushed to the washroom and I started crying because I knew that this was more ground for um, to uh, to get bullied um, but that phrase aside I know that now that I'm growing up I know that I'm in comfortable spaces or now that I've accepted what my values are now I can really understand what it means to hold on to them um, I, I, I can wear my attire and I can do all of that but it, it's also that aspect of sometimes cultural appropriation where when I grew up wearing shalwar means it wasn't accepted yeah. but now there's a lot of like for example Shein um, or all of these different industries, these clothing industries, they're kind of appropriating a lot of um, the way we, the attire that we wear. And suddenly now it's very, um, 
it's very it's becoming very fashionable even to wear very tough fashionable. Or like but but it hurts that when I did it yeah <laughs> it was not socially accepted but when you do it now I can suddenly do it yeah. so I think there's that um, there's that aspect of representation yeah. but I wanted to ask you now that you're in at U of T what are some wearing a hijab I know there's some negative experiences as well yeah. and some positive ones what do you think has been a very positive experience for you being in this space as a visible Muslim the positives have been like that a group of people really appreciate how far you've come mm -hmm. and they understand the challenges that you have to come like overcome mm -hmm. to be in that space because just wearing this hijab people understand that your culture is different you mm -hmm. come from different backgrounds and um, but I feel like unfortunately it comes with a lot more <laughs> negatives than positives a lot of the time I I have had to like work extra hard just to prove to the person in front of me that I'm worthy enough or mm -hmm. that I'm good enough because I feel like although there's that group that really expects a lot from you there's a, a larger group that expects nothing or very little they they believe very little in you in this vein of thought that we're talking about um, how do you think we can mitigate that that experience of feeling more negative experiences than than positive in these spaces i think it's always my answer is always going to be representation having experienced it myself mm -hmm. the impact of having people representing you in a space because i've talked about this before i invigilate exams in at the faculty of dentistry so i'm always looking at different classes of dental students and the upper classes they don't have any muslim girls mm -hmm. none mm -hmm. The, the third, like uh, the DDS3, which are the third class, they have oh, maybe one or two Muslim hijabi women mm -hmm. that are visibly Muslim. Mm -hmm. uh, the class, uh, the DDS2, which are below them, they have like four or five. The new class that came in uh, 2022, they have 11 hijabi women, mm -hmm. 11 visibly Muslim women. Mm -hmm. And I talk to them often because I always, I'm, I, I love interacting with them because mm -hmm. I want to see what inspired them. And they're always saying, it, it's always the same answer. We knew people that were from our community mm -hmm. or that looked like us. Mm -hmm. And we, we were not afraid to reach out to them, mm -hmm. to ask them, how do we get in? And it's always encouraging when you find someone that mm -hmm. represents you in a certain space because it makes you feel like you will be welcome mm -hmm. in that space. Mm -hmm. But um, I wanna go back to the previous uh, question when we were, you were asking me about like the pros and cons. Uh, if we're sitting in a class, mm -hmm. you won't be able to tell any, like, who is from where or who mm -hmm. what what is their religion or mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. but if you look at me mm -hmm. if anyone looks at me they mm -hmm. will be able to point, pinpoint like you're mm -hmm. a muslim mm -hmm. you're a muslim woman mm -hmm. and often they will do what divide you further they will divide you into being a muslim that's very I would like to say practicing, but yeah. a lot of the term that you get is very conservative. Yeah. And and then therefore projecting those conservative or thinking that you project those conservative values. Exactly. And this is one of the points that I wanted to talk about is that sometimes you feel uncomfortable in these spaces because you feel like people feel like mm -hmm. you judge them mm -hmm. or you will have certain opinions about them mm -hmm. that they don't understand that like the way we, we want people to accept us we accept everyone yeah. we, i don't I, I don't judge people because i do, i don't i also would appreciate if they don't judge me mm -hmm. but it's not that kind of that's not how it feels like these days because mm -hmm. i feel like people as you mentioned always label label us as conservative conservative muslims mm -hmm. yeah uh because we wore a hijab but what about you sarah 
how do you feel it's different mm -hmm. if you were a visibly Muslim woman like wearing a hijab mm -hmm. versus if you were not wearing a hijab? A hijab is something that I will choose to put on every single day. It's just like somebody choosing to put on a tank top one day but a sweater one day and you have different choices. Just like that when I wake up one day sometimes I don't want to wear my hijab and there's certain spaces where I won't wear a hijab but I know that generally in, in the public eye and most of the time I will be wearing a hijab in these public spaces but I think um, wearing hijab has has been a in, in a lot of ways it has been a very positive experience for me as well and this is something that I initially struggled with so I know that I again that whole aspect of my family really wanting to hold on to their culture I felt that there was not not an obligation but kind of bordering an obligation to want to adopt hijab because and, I, and I, now I understand that perspective in hindsight of why how important it really is to hold on to your values because I feel like if I had let this go I don't know who I'd be today you're trying to fit in this other space that you don't fully fit in because you're Muslim and you have these values that you do and then you don't really fit into your own so you're just like in this middle um, but I think overall I've had uh, I often reflect on this that the experiences that I have as a as a Muslim woman who adopts hijab I feel like I like those experiences despite all those negative experiences that you talk about I still appreciate those even more not only because of what it represents to other people but what it represents to me so for other people I like that um, in university in undergrad now even at law school I know when I'm in a lot of these spaces or group settings a lot of people like to go drink alcohol they want to go to a pub but whenever I'm in a group setting uh, my group mates will often ask me, oh wait, uh, Sarah, would you be comfortable going there? Or maybe you shouldn't go there, let's go a different place where um, it's halal. I appreciate that, I appreciate that my hijab conveys that. Whereas I have another friend, she's Indian and she doesn't drink alcohol. And she says, Sarah, I'm so upset, they didn't ask me. <laughs> because it, it wasn't that obvious. So. I, I appreciate that. Or for example, I know even at Massey, there was a, a junior fellow. One day we ordered um, ramen noodles and um, they have, uh, I got a vegetarian option, but uh, another fellow, they ordered one with pork. And so I forgot that they had, they had pork and obviously I can't, I can't consume pork, but I wanted their, um, I wanted the gravy or uh, the soup at the end and I was about to drink it and another junior fellow he's not even Muslim but he's like no 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 Sara that is that is haram you can't yeah. have that so the fact that my hijab readily conveys that yeah or um or the fact that when I'm in a group setting, my Muslim, sorry, non-Muslim friends that don't even pray remind me to yeah. go pray or remind me to, to reflect on, on certain things that yeah. reflect my values. Or, and I especially appreciate this, but a lot of the times I feel like when I'm in a setting where I'm with the opposite gender, um, my values are readily understood of mm -hmm. how I interact with them mm -hmm. as well. So they already know that I, probably won't engage in certain acts or that they need to maintain certain level of boundaries with me yeah. or that they won't um, touch me or even if I do say something to them they won't misconstrue it as something that I'm being very forward with there's always this um, this objectivity that I really like when I'm yeah. off and I feel like it goes a very long way yeah. yeah as you mentioned like this is one of the main reasons why we wear actually a hijab mm -hmm. is like is to like prevent that being objectified by mm -hmm. other people I I immigrated to Canada a couple of years back. I'm young. I come. I came by myself without my family. Suddenly, I'm, I have no, no, no one to look over me. No one to tell me right and wrong. I'm just by myself. But I have always felt like wearing a hijab has always protected me and prevented me from from doing things that are that disagree with my values, the values that I've I've been raised with.
I, like it makes me feel it makes my family also very um, reassured that although I'm here don't worry I'm still the person I, I'm still holding on to everything you've ever taught me and I really really appreciate my parents so I always want to make sure that I, they're they're proud and I don't do anything that makes them feel um, like I Mm -hmm. I because that's down. also part of your values, exactly. right? To hold on to the values and the good culture that your parents brought you. Exactly, up exactly. Uh, how about you, Sarah? Like, has anyone e ever like even alluded to um, you taking off your hijab, being making your life easier, or has that? Have you ever had an experience like that? Often people tell me that they think I'm very vulnerable because of the wear, uh, because I wear a hijab because there's always this idea of maybe you were subjected to wearing hijab so there's an expectation and I feel like it follows with the way people treat me sometimes and um, I remember when I was about 16, 17 I was traveling to England for the very first time alone normally I would always travel with somebody but then I was traveling for my education and I remember there was he was a person of color but he just obviously was not a Muslim he said oh you know you can take your hijab off yeah. Uh, your parents are not here and I said what and I remember a little bit of my hijab was not on properly and I fixed it even better to show yeah. him that this is what I want to do yeah. and I know even here I remember I was a, I, I took an uber ride and one of the uber drivers uh, said oh I just wanna he added a comment when I left the uber ride saying oh um, I, I noticed that you didn't take your hijab off and I said what do you mean and he said um, and he said, well, I see a lot of people that sometimes do take it off. Yeah. But yeah, let's actually get into that kind of conversation. Why do you think? Um, I, I know I've talked to you about this before, about why people sometimes do take their hijab off mm -hmm. as well. And I've, you know, you've asked me before, do I ever have this strong feeling of like, yeah. this urge to take my hijab off? But it's funny because a lot like a lot of the people that don't wear a hijab they think that i should take off hijab because my my religion or my islam is preventing me from doing that mm -hmm. uh, from 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 taking it off but really if I ever want to take it off, it's not because I feel subjugated to my religion. It's because I feel subjugated to the Western culture. Yeah. I feel like I have to fit into that culture yeah. to take it off. It's always, and that's when I realize, and that objectivity th thing that you were talking about. When I look in the mirror, I remind, oh well, that's that's the whole purpose of wearing hijab yeah. to avoid that subjugation. Yeah. So I don't feel subjugated by God yeah. or my values because I believe in them. My to believe in God is the essence of you wanting to believe in that. Otherwise, you can't be a Muslim yeah. if you don't believe in it. Yeah. But I don't believe in my Western in the Western culture's um, uh, notion that I should take it off. Yeah. Um, so, um, but what about you? How do you feel about that? And have you ever felt like wanting to take it off? As I was growing up, I won't lie, I would always see uh, models, actresses, people just in on TV, like even in the background, like not wearing a hijab. And I would like, even sometimes I would just walk into malls and see women um, not wearing a hijab. And this is very vulnerable to talk about, but I would go to the washroom and like take my hijab off to see, like I look exactly like you and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm not different, but I choose to do this. Mm -hmm. I choose to, to wear this and mm -hmm. it, because I mean, when I'm with my f uh, f uh, with my family, when I'm in a female setting, I mean, I take every opportunity. Like I love, like, uh, like 
I don't know if I, I love my curls. I, I yeah. you know all of that. You want to take care of your hair, and I think it beautifies you. But again, whenever I do feel like taking it off, I, I think that as well. And it's always looking yourself in the mirror and yeah. realizing because you in the morning whenever you put your hijab, there's always this reflective moment of like, yeah. why do I wear yeah. it? Um, why am I? When you wear a sweater, you know yeah. you're wearing. You, you're always reflecting on why you're yeah. wearing the clothing that you yeah. do, right? Yeah. I'm wearing a sweater today because it's cold. I'm wearing a rain jacket today, yeah. but I wear my hijab every day, and there's always this reflective yeah. moment. And then. And you um, have your your hair like beautifully dang, dangled yeah. down and then you suddenly tie it and then mm -hmm. you cover it and like you you the way you look completely changes mm -hmm. when i do go outside sometimes i have to remind myself that this is a good kind of difference but you're mm -hmm. right that you can't you constantly struggle with wanting to ensure that you can hold on to your values but fitting in because uh, because yeah. the society tells you sometimes that you cannot hold on to your values mm -hmm. or you always have to explain yourself mm -hmm. actually in in this uh, you know uh, in this vein we were talking about a lot about how in these sophisticated spaces despite the fact that there are so many people that appreciate the fact that we wear hijab and their understanding of that but it still is very draining and tiring yeah. to be in these yeah. spaces unless we go into spaces that reflect us like yeah. our families or our friends that are Muslims yeah. um, or are visibly Muslims yeah. so tell me a little bit about that like I thought that when I come to Canada I would not want to be associated <laughs> with any like Egyptians I would want to get involved into the Western culture that I've always been looking forward to be part of but what I found happening was actually I was drawn more mm. to people that looked like me that thought like me, that behaved like me, and I found myself running to find Muslim communities, running to find Egyptian communities, and I found that I fit in so well in these communities. Although I love, like I'm still involved with everyone around me, but I never feel 100% com like comfortable. But I think that having a space here and the natural progression of an evol like the evolution will allow next generations to integrate more and create this like huge like um, what do you call this bowl salad of different cultures blended and that's what we see here in Massey for mm. example like everyone comes from a different background and we celebrate every single minority here the other day we were fasting for Ramadan and we randomly found a junior fellow text us I want to it's not fair that you're doing it alone we'll fast with you and then suddenly and he that was Muslim yeah yeah no and suddenly that one junior fellow became two and that two that two became three and then we had this whole group fasting with us like sharing our traditions with us and like it was so special like and it meant so much and to, to see how people like joined us and wanted to be part of this and I feel like if there wasn't any like if we were not visibly Muslim I don't think that would have happened mm -hmm. I don't think that it would maybe it would have happened but not to the same level how about you Sarah so I love being at Massey and I love how diverse it is and I love how we can all come together and yeah. build off each other. I, I feel that is the purpose of Massey to bring people from different perspectives and bring them together. But there is always this element of where you feel drained and it's not only us. I remember that they had a queer talk yeah. and people of the trans community, LGBTQ plus community, I remember every single thing is what I experienced. Yeah. Sometimes I have to explain just a little that much you more than other people do that when I go back I know me and you talk for hours on end about how draining it is yeah. it, it was that experience I think that with time uh, the need to like explain yourself or 
go the extra mile of like describing what what your hijab represents or what you do as a Muslim or what you believe in all of that will start to fade away with the whole concept of representation because people will be more familiar familiarized exactly. with like what we do or who we are that you don't have to really explain yourself that we, like us being here opening doors for other I'm sure that having two hijabis at Massey will prompt more girls to like wearing a hijab who didn't see themselves like living in a space like Massey I remember um, I applied and I got in and I remember the first day I moved in I saw you uh, sitting in the quad and I just ran to you I I never like it was like a moment of joy I can never express how happy I was to see you. Mm. I was like, is she staying here? Or is she is she a junior fellow? Or, or is she a summer resident? And I wanted to make sure that you were a junior fellow. And I think that having here has made this, and we always talk about this, how like having each other, like not feeling like you're completely isolated or you're completely alone as this visibly Muslim minority, it's, it's made the experience that much more nicer having you and even I was telling you about law school like I was I was saying when I when I first moved to Massey so I didn't know I, I, I looked online as well and I didn't see anybody that wore a hijab simply because I feel like when you live in a very public space like this but it's also semi-shared that you need to be cognizant because I wear a hijab I need to be cognizant of how I'm with other people yeah. or even when I come downstairs to the kitchen in the middle of the night I still want to put my hijab mm -hmm. on again there's just so many more things to be mindful of than say for example if I was in my own private apartment so all of that stuff matters but it went a long way I always tell you this that if you were in here and especially for my first year I'm yeah. so glad I, I feel like sometimes it can come off very silly to somebody who does who has that representation of like oh did she just get so excited by seeing another hijabi in that space yeah. but it just shows you how long it, we're very accomplished like look yeah. at you and you're talking about people's CVs that mask you but look at your CV <laughs> I've seen that too and and even my CV is yeah. amazing and the things that we've done they're amazing but the fact that even then despite how much we've accomplished and despite how many spaces that we've been into the fact that that little thing of like seeing somebody represented yourself at your law school or here goes that long yeah. away shows you how important it is and just imagine how much people would thrive mm -hmm. if they did have that yeah. from the beginning without mm -hmm. having to advocate for it without having to uh, fight for it and I feel like we've talked about a lot of differences but one of the criticism that I see from some people and especially in law but just generally is that because you're so different you don't fit in mm -hmm. as well and and because you're so different you don't want to fit in or you don't want to so do you see that conflict of like and how do you think that you reconcile with that when people ask you that we're all different in our experiences and I think that what what should happen is that instead of pointing out that you're different is listening to what other cultures have to say or what other backgrounds or whatever um, approaches and choosing what is best for the community or the society that we're in once we realize that the world is not just about one thing that it's about all these different beautiful things that come together about accepting everyone's differences accepting all the different cultures that we have in the world because it's not just me as a visible muslim there's tons of different cultures that are all beautiful and it's not a matter of fitting in it's a matter of like adapting like making this cohesive inclusive diverse beautiful i think that's when the world is going to be on the right track mm -hmm. when we include everyone and we appreciate everyone and we accept everyone
I always say to when when somebody asks me, like one of my classmates jokes about me want me needing to be a judge one day, and who knows whether that will happen. But I wonder about that question about um, what people asking me: Can you be a Muslim, and can you also be a judge that follows the common law system of the way the laws and rules work? And I say, why not? Why can I not be a Muslim, but also a very good judge for the exactly. Canadian society? Why can't just like you're a Muslim, but you're also a dentist, but you're also doing somebody who's a PhD, you're also a Massey Fellow. We all carry these different identities, no matter who we are, and we can be this and that. Yeah. And I feel like that is very important and goes yeah. a long way. I just want to add one last comment because I I usually deal with cancer patients, patients that are terminally ill. They're receiving a bone marrow transplant because they have blood cancer, and they're like a lot of them unfortunately end up dying. And I remember there was this one uh, patient I met, and she was Egyptian actually, and she'd been living in Canada for almost 20 years. And the one thing she told me was be open to like interacting with different cultures and learning from them i feel like i've i just being different is better than being just one thing being multiple things yeah, yeah. it's a being a collection of things yeah thank you for this very wonderful conversation omnia You've been listening to the JCR, a production of the Junior Fellows at Massey College at the University of Toronto. I'm Sara Maksud, a law student at the University of Toronto. I'm Omnia Ivieri. I'm a PhD student at the Faculty of Dentistry at University of Toronto. Thanks for listening.